welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt and taxes and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, with the love of fantasy books and funk, and the hatred of running more than three miles, Dave Denniston. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. This is Dave Denniston, the host of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. So glad to have you back with us. We're continuing the Financial Planning 101 series, where I've stripped out old audio from videos I've done. Um, This one is near and dear to my heart, 10 Secrets to Financing a, a College Education. If you're like me, I have my daughter who's a junior in high school, Gabby, and uh, now we're looking at, here we are a, a little bit over a year away from her starting college, and these secrets are uh, maybe not be so secret <laughs> for some of you that have already looked into this, um, but if you have someone that might be going into college or considering college, these are some, some really good thoughts and hints that I think will be helpful for you. Uh, I do have this in a printed version, um, kind of like a mini mini um, book. So if you're interested in that, please let me know. We would love to uh, help you out with that. Feel free to contact me or the office. My email, Dave at DavidDeniston.com. If you would like the, the transcribed version um, in Microsoft Word, I'd be happy to pass that your way. But with no further ado, here is the audio uh, from the Financial Planning 101 series, 10 Secrets to Financing a College Education. Enjoy. Welcome. My name is Dave Denniston with the Capital Advisory Group. Today we're talking about Financial Planning 101, Part 5, 10 Hints for Financing College. As many of you know, I have now been blessed with two children. Recently, as I sat holding the newest addition to our family, I thought about these sky-high costs of college. And I was thinking to myself, how can I put my kids in the best possible position to be able to pay for their college education? I know for sure I don't want to shell out 200 or 300 k Ugh, the thought of that just... It gives me the shivers. And so I recently read a lot about this subject. There's been a few great books that I really delved into and got some great ideas from that I wanted to share with you here today. And these startling ideas think could be really vital to helping you put your assets in the right place and helping you to maximize the best possible aid for college education. For your reading pleasure, I referenced two particular books throughout this video and so make sure to check them out. The first book is Paying for College Without Going Broke, the 2012 edition by Kalman and Chani. The second book is Debt Free You by Zach Bissonette. All right, so the first thing that I want you to understand, hit number one, there are two different methodologies that are typically used for aid. And there's two different forms you fill out. One's for federal aid, the other is for private institutions. The one we hear about the most is the federal aid, the FAFSA form. But there's also the profile form that's used for private colleges. Hint number two, this one is a big one. Your income 
could be assessed up to 47%. And your assets will be assessed up to 5.65%. Now let's compare that to the kids. Their income also assessed at a similar rate, about 47%, but their assets are assessed at a much higher rate, 20 to 25%. Now if we think about this, hint number three, because your child's assets are assessed at that higher rate, 20 to 25% compared to your 5% and change, you are way better off putting assets in your own name rather than your child's name. So do not put money in 529 plans, UTMA accounts, or trust accounts if you can all help it. Now there are certain tax advantages to all these various plans, but I feel the best particular place to maximize the aid that you're going to get is going to be in the parent's name. Hint number four. Now in each of these cases, they start looking at a base income year. So you want to shift around income, if at all possible, to not be in the base income year. There's two different ones that you're going to want to particularly pay close attention to. The first base income year is January 1st of a student's junior year through December of their senior year in high school. So if you could defer into the previous year, if you might be getting a bonus. Make sure the employer doesn't pay it in January of that base income year. Have it pay the previous December. That way your overall income is lowered. Now on the other hand, there's the final base income year, which is going to be that January of your child's sophomore year of college all the way to December of their junior year of college. In that particular case, you want to push out the income into the next year because the financial aid eligibility for their senior year of college, assuming they get it done in four years, will be that sophomore to junior year. Hint number five, let's say you own a small business. The profile form will ask questions about this, and they will look for a net worth of your business that will be included. However, they realize a lot of com small companies need working capital to operate, so they only look at 40 cents on the dollar for the first $115,000 worth. Earlier we referenced that if you have money in a parent's name, it's 5.65% versus the child's at 20 to 25. Well now, with having money in a corporate account, if you own a small business, up to $115,000, it's now assessed at only 2.5%. So bottom line, sock away money if you own a small business in a corporate account before you even put money in a joint account. And now, a commercial break. Well, my friends, you have probably heard I am now a completely independent financial advisor. And, and as the time that uh, I, I am recording this, the stock market is down. Uh, there's a lot of question in terms of where is the market going? Where should I be investing my money? There's no better time than now to get a review of your portfolio and make sure that you are set up properly. As a matter of fact, tax season is around the corner too. Maybe you're looking for some tax, tax strategies and hints and you want someone to talk it over with besides your CPA. Feel free to give my assistant Kyla a call at 612 284-2409 to set up a free 30-minute strategy session with me. 
Again, call 612-284-209 to set up a free 30-minute strategy session with me. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. And now, back to the show. Hint number six. If you are able to file through using a 1040A or a 1040EZ, this is the best place to take advantage of some of these provisions because there is something called a simplified needs test. If you can pass the simplified needs test, they will not look at your kids' assets, they will not look at your assets. You've passed an income threshold. And so the eligibility for some of these federally subsidized loans, like a Pell Grant, a subsidized Stafford loan, will not be taking a look at what is held within your brokerage account. I will also point out here that certain people cannot file a 1040 easy. For example, if you are a business owner or a partner in a partnership or a beneficiary of a trust, you are excluded from being able to file a 1040 easy. Next, in terms of where you want to save for yourself, keep in mind that all retirement accounts are excluded from the FAFSA or from the profile. So the more money prior to your child going to college that you sock away in 401k accounts, into your IRAs and Roth IRAs, that will not be looked at in either the FAFSA or the profile. Hint number seven, also if you are curious to check out scholarships, make sure to check out scholarship.com and scholarshipamerica.org. Hint number eight, when it comes to consumer debt, consumer debt is bad. You are better off paying that down than keeping money in the bank when it comes to maximizing your financial aid. This is kind of weird. Check this out. If you have $25,000 of money in the bank and you have a $5,000 credit card bill, the FAFSA and the profile will consider you to have a $25,000 net worth not the 20 it actually is. So if you reduce the money that you have in the bank to 20k and now you have no credit card debt, your net worth is 20k just like it should be according to them. So particularly if you're having large credit card bills and you have the cash flow available in order to maximize that college aid eligibility, get that puppy paid off. Hint number 10, if your child is now living permanently apart from you, you might want to consider looking into having them declared independent. And I would suggest particularly if you are a divorced parent where the child maybe spends a couple of months with you in the summer typically, when it comes to getting ready to apply for college, you might want to look into this particular strategy. Because what will happen is if they are declared independent from you, none of your financial assets will count towards their eligibility. In Debt for You, they list four primary criteria that you have to do to meet this independent test. Number one, parents refusing to contribute to the children's education. Number two, parents unwilling to provide data for verification. Number three, parents not declaring the student as a dependent for tax purposes. And number four, the student demonstrating self-sufficiency. And everything I've read about this, it is getting harder and harder to be declared independent, but definitely worth checking into at the very least, because you never know what could happen. Alright, so there you go. Ten quick hints for how to finance your college education. 
Also, if you have any other questions or want to discuss your situation, we can definitely do that as well. Thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now, I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant, and you're looking for a second opinion, I'm making myself available for 30 minute strategy sessions. And if you want to arrange a time to meet with me to discuss your situation and see if we might be a good fit for one another, I'd like you to call our office and speak with Kyla. Our phone number is 612-284-2409. Again, that's 612-284-2409. And I look forward to helping you with your financial situation. And now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies, LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov by searching for our firm name or its unique CRD number, which is 316-454. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we are not appropriately registered or excluded. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. They may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.daviddeniston.com. Thank you so much, and have a good one. Bye-bye.